I'm glad to be with you today. I will start with a question. Do you ever open your mouth and get yourself in trouble? Well, this is what happened to me, and the reason why I'm here on your screen today. I shared something with David a few weeks ago, and now I'm facing one of my fear, which is exposing myself, be vulnerable, and tell my story. It will be a little bit different, as I'll be going back to the series we completed two weeks ago, which is the series I am. And I saw during the series something that really special happened. I saw my life a little bit happening during that series. So, like any good story, I'll start with once upon a time. I'm sitting in one of the gathering, and it's Nathan who's speaking. We're talking about early March, and he's talking about the bread of life. And Nathan has a slide that says, uh, Jesus is the bread that satisfies our hunger. Belief in him quenches our thirst. Then he followed with, uh, when he talked about disbelief and skepticism. Yeah, we'll get to that. One thing, it reminded me my situation 33 years ago. I, for a period of six years, I was invited by my father-in-law to go uh, to church. My father-in-law was a pastor. And uh, I was listening to his message, but I didn't want really to hear what he has to say because I was skeptical about religion. Um, I, was, I thought it was not rational. I'm a very logic type of guy. I like facts and figures. And there's one thing. Every time I was coming out of there, I had hunger in me. I had something that was bothering me. So let's move week after in the series I am. Now David is back and he's talking about the light of the world. After the service, I went to see him, and I shared with David, I said, it's funny, those last two messages were reminded me of my story. Again, why I'm here today. And the thing that happened 33 years ago is I was supposed to be a happy guy. I had everything I thought going for me. I had a wonderful wife. My first son was born. We just bought a house. I had a great job, career opportunity. Everything I thought was there, but I felt that I was missing something. And I had so many questions going through my mind. Why I'm here? What life is supposed to be about? What is the purpose? Is there something after death? So I was really in the dark. A lot of things were happening in my mind. Let's move a few weeks after. Janice came to me and she said... Um, I want to go back to church. Maybe you didn't know, Janice was a period of time she didn't go to church. The only good thing happened that time she found me, and then she brought me back to church. So anyway, another story. So we, she said, I'm going back to church. I don't want my son not knowing God. She said, you come or you're not, I'm going. And I decided to join her. And by the way, for the people doing the Alpha marriage course, that's called support. So remember that. No, maybe you'll apply it. Anyway, a few months later, we invited to be uh, joining a, a Bible study. Uh, Janice was surprised when I said, okay, let's go. And guess what happened? I heard God's voice during that study, and I accepted Christ as my Savior. The passage that uh, really touched me, in matter of fact, was what David talked in the second week, which was John 8, 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, We'll never walk in darkness, but we'll have the light of life. 
It was also the scripture reading at my baptism. The next week after John, uh, David was talking uh, in the book of John, uh, chapter 10, about having life to the full. And in John 10, 10, we can read that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it full. And uh, just following that, Dave, David had a quote from a lady called Barbara Brown Taylor. We do not lose control of our lives. What we lose is the illusion that we were in control in the first place. Well, that was my battle that had started six years prior when I was going to the church with my father-in-law preaching those messages. I thought, I said, I'm not ready to lose control of my life. That's what I thought would happen to me. That was me. That was exactly what was happening. So I thought if I was, I was in control, and honestly, and even sometimes today, I want to be in control instead of giving it to God. But I learned since then. Let's move week after. David's talking about uh, the good shepherd. And we learned, obviously, that the shepherd, no Jesus, is our shepherd to protect us. In verse 14, uh, in chapter 10, talks, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. And for the first time, I'm really discovering what it is to have a relationship with Christ. Not a religion, with Christ, which what me, for me is the most important thing in my relationship with him, in my walk. Then we move the week after. David is talking about the way. And we go in John 14, 6, another very important uh, verse in my life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, but I'm still a little bit like Thomas in that passage. You know, right after that, Thomas is asking, you know, Jesus, how can we know the way? And I was a little bit there. My belief was shaken sometimes. I, I, I didn't know if I could fully trust Jesus in my walk. But one thing I had to know, I had to stop worrying about that. I have to stop worrying about anything that was happening in my life. So finally in Christ, you know, I find a path to God. And we know, obviously, who God is through Jesus. So I was really starting my walk, my way, to know the truth and to have a life through him also. Now we're getting to an interesting part of my story. And we're on April 5th, David talking about the paradox way of Jesus. He described the paradox as the way of Christ is the way of the Lord, not the way of the world. It changed a little bit our view, you know, of freedom and contentment. We do not need everything to be content as the world promotes today. Then really the crisis hit in my life. It hits me as far as relationship, belief, and trusting God. Uh, Janice and I were not in the good spot. Um, we were growing apart. And the wedge in our relationship was my job. It was taking everything away from my home, from my wife, and from my kids, my three kids at the time. We're back in 1996. Just give you an idea, in the past 12 months, I spent 100 nights away from home. Every week I was gone, two or three days. And my job, you know, was to uh, take care of clients, you no know, whining and dining, long hours, weekends, and so on. 
And it was more a job of a single guy, not a married man, not a father. And it was definitely affecting my relationship also with God. So my walk as a Christian was affected, and I, I was doubting and tr- not trusting God in every aspect of my life. Even Janice and I were talking about separation in those days. Um, so the thing I didn't notice, God was still talking to me, but I was not listening. He had everything under control. He even had a job for me that was waiting. I had somebody who was chasing me to hire me, but I didn't want to listen. I thought I had the job, the dream job. It was a great job, you know, paying well, I had fun in the job, but I realized that it was not about me. I had to listen to what, what God was saying and change my priorities. So I finally listened and did it, and I trusted God in this. And I quit my job, accepted the other position with a 25% reduction in salary. I remember my coworkers at the time, you know, couldn't believe what I was doing. Well, go a year later in that position. I spent only two nights away from home. Maybe I was too much at home that time, but anyway. Uh, with my commission, I made the same salary that I made with the previous job. And within two years, I had a promotion. So God had a plan. The only thing was, I ready to listen or not? And I'm just glad that I listened for what he had in store for me. Let's move to the next week. David's talking about I am resurrection and the life. And he had that one slide that said, if you had, dot, 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 then. I remember he said, if you had gone to that interview, then maybe you would have that job. Or if you had gone on a date with that girl, maybe you would have a long-lasting relationship. For me, in my head, I was just going the opposite. If I had not listened to God, then. If I had not listened to God about changing my priorities, we could have been divorced, Janice and I, today. Our kids maybe wouldn't probably walk with the Lord. They would have different partners, no grand... Anyway, you could see how the impact it was to be able to listen to God and what He has as a plan for us. God met me with my problems and led me to make the right choice and have the life that He wants me to have. Let's go to the last part of the series, I Am. We're done, to, we're gone, we are now at I Am Divine, we have three parts, the connect, the growth, and bear fruit. So first, about connect, you know, it's coming to life. It's living a life connected to God. And Janice and I know, see that God is preparing us for a new stage in our life as we are moving. Realize a house is too small with the three kids, uh, so we're starting to look at different avenues. Janice wants to move West Island. Her sister just moved out there. I continue driving all the way to St. Lazare because I'm sure that this is where we're supposed to be. I cannot explain the strong conviction I had within me, but I felt God was calling us to be in St. Lazare. And we went. Uh, right away, we connected with a church, and the first Sunday we walked in our community church, we knew it was a place. I were there, I think, for 13 or 14 years. And it was a fresh start also for me. And that brings me to the growth. That fresh start was in a, a period of incredible growth in my life, as a, in my Christian walk, in my relation also with God. I remember uh, very quickly, our Pastor Paul approached me and said, oh, we have an opportunity for, we're looking for somebody to work in a ministry. And I said, 
I'm not ready, Paul. I want to take a year for me. I need a year to rest. I need a year to grow spiritually, build relationship with the church. Just give me a year, and then we'll reconsider. Well, almost a year to the day he came back to see me. And now he said, I've got, we need, we, we need somebody to lead the youth ministry. And I knew right away that was what God was calling me to do. I already had affinities with uh, the teenagers in the church. I, in teenagers in general, I was coaching baseball, hockey. I had teenagers in my home. So I said, a natural fit. And what an experience it was. I, it, it's incredible to see God working in teenagers' life and see their life being transformed. It's absolutely amazing. A few years after, uh, you know, I still in youth ministry, then Pastor Paul approached me again, and he said, we have a position available in the leadership team, and we would like you to be considering the position. Again, I said, nope, not ready. But mostly, I didn't feel called at that time. I didn't feel that I was called for this position, and knew the responsibility also was great. So I said, I prefer to wait. I'll be in prayer. I'll be, and guess what? 12 months after, Paul is back. He said, you know, we have a position available. Would you consider? And I knew at that time that God was calling me to appoint me to that job. It was not my desire. It was him calling me to do that. Another great experience, another uh, lot of rewarding moments. No, I, I had in seeing God at work in the life of people and the life of the church also. It's also came, come, you know, with tough decisions, difficult times, and also walking with people who were going into, uh, in trials in their life. So, but great experience also. Now my term as an elder after seven years is done. And uh, both Janice and I felt, felt sorry, that um, we needed a change. Something was calling us to do something, so in prayer, and uh, it was time for us to move on. And the moment is very special. It came when my 16-year-old daughter said, I don't want to go to the church we were going at that time. And she said, I heard about another church in West Island called West Side Gathering. I have a friend that goes there. And I said, all right. I said, maybe that's what God is, is a signal that he's sending us to us to, to consider, you know, to move to another church. And when your 16-year-old daughter says she still want to go to church, then you say, I'll do anything to please her, okay? My first, I always consider my first ministry was not in the church. My first ministry was starting at home. It was very dear to my heart, and that's why I said I'm committed to that. So I remember the first time we walked in the West Side Gathering, probably nine, ten years ago, West Island College. We get there, it's chaos. Confusion with dates about exam at West Island College and the church not knowing. So we get there, they say, we're so sorry, we have service in the gym. I remember going there, sitting either on the bench or on the floor. Dave's brother, Jonathan, is leading worship. Great time. David is preaching. We had just a tremendous time, despite the chaos. And I, sometimes I say, you know, sometimes in chaos, beautiful things happen. And this is what happened that day. So Janice and I said, all right, Westside is our church now. Two years after, we have a, something going on, Janice and I. We have a question, you know. It said, is really no Westside our church? We're not building a relationship. 
After reflection on that, we said, you know what? It's our fault. It's not the people in the church fault. It's us. We have to step out. We need to go and build relationships. So we decided to uh, get involved in Kids Quest. We joined a community group, and also we went for a retreat. And came back from there. We had built relationship. Uh, we built some friendship also. And we definitely decided it was our church for good. So today our ministry is in two folds. We have Kids Quest. We are helpers. And uh, we do also some mentoring. We have been mentoring a couple for, for a while now, and they definitely are friends with, with us right now. We consider good friends. We are also, also mentoring other people in the church on an individual basis, uh, an experience that's very rewarding for myself and for Janice. I want to leave you with some thoughts. A common theme through my story, you see, is to listen so I can hear God. At one point, I was not listening right. And... It's through prayer, reading the Word of God, and in messages, in worship, and also with friends, you know, people close to us, that we can hear God. So I encourage you, listen, be in the Word, and listen for God. The other thing also was to let go of my worries and trust God, to really trust God. He's faithful. If you want a passage that could encourage you, you know, you could read Matthew Chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. The next one is be ready to be pruned, to change, and also review your priorities. Like I had an awakening on that. Join God in his work. It's rewarding to see how God is working in people's life in the church. I'm inviting you, consider. Is God calling you to join him in his work? Listen. Again. And God has a plan for you. God had a plan for me at the time. I did a study many years ago at Henry Blackaby called Experiencing God. And he's, he's using a term called markers of life. It's almost the, the, the stepping stone that you had through your life as a Christian. And looking back. So if I look back 40 years ago when I met Janice, I thought there was a stepping stone there. And eventually, obviously, getting married accepting Christ in my life, saving our marriage, and then moving to uh, St. Lazar, joining him in his work as either a youth leader or as a uh, leader in leadership in the church, and obviously being here now at Westside. One thing I was reflecting is, uh, during my preparation was listening to Dave's message last week when he talked about posture. I have to say, my posture is not always right. I have to work on that. Maybe I'm alone, maybe I'm not, but I know I have to be humbling myself to God, you know, not rely on myself, you know, but rely on Him and give everything to Him. To conclude, I'm going to do something maybe a bit special. We're going through a special situation with this pandemic right now. For some, it could be a good opportunity you know, to uh, spend more time with the family, uh, do activities together, and really get back to the basic as a family. For others, maybe it's tension in the house, spending too much time together, not acti- enough activities to do you know, with the kids and others. And obviously, for some people, it's loneliness. People not cut from their activities, cut from the church caught from their daily stuff they were doing, even including going to work, you know, working from home 
they could feel lonely. So we're all adapting to this new reality right now. But for others, it's also the loss of job and uh, not knowing what will happen in the short, few, uh, short future. First, I want to tell you it's not your fault. I was laid off you know, for a few weeks, and for a rare time in my life, I was at peace with it. Because you know what? I knew it was not my fault. I knew I was not controlling anything of that. It's not something I didn't do at work or I've done at work that resulting is this. It's just what happened. But I also know what it is not working. You know, it happened twice in my career that I lost my job and it was for a few months. And I know, you know, that uh, I remember the stress, the anxieties, the worries, especially that I was a sole provider for the family at the time. I remember being so anxious, having chest pain and not sleeping well. Until I read some passages, you know, in the Bible that bring, about bringing my worries to God. And one that really struck me was Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, so I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I finally let go of my worries. I find that inner peace and that confidence that God was bringing. And give me even more confident, confidence when I was on my job search at the time. And definitely I was more pleasant to be, to be around at home, less stressful. But as we know, it's, it's not limited to the pandemic. Other people are going through different situations in their life today. So in anything that's affecting you right now, bring your worries to God. You're not alone in this. Also, ask people to pray for you. You know, don't be shy, don't be embarrassed. We're all in this together. I'll finish with a small story that I just adding tonight. I asked people to pray for me tonight, you know, for to be here because I was nervous. It's not an unusual thing, and especially sharing your life, you know, to others. And people are praying for me, and my wife, just before I left, said, I have a passage for you that I want to share to give you confidence to not worry. And guess what passage she read to me? Isaiah 41.10. I wish you all the best, I, I, and especially blessing from God in this time. And he has a plan for you. May he bless you.